the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Music by George Clinton and George Beverly Shea. I did not make myself king. God did. I'll tell you how I got the name sometime. Not today. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. And I don't want to waste any time because I'm always so happy to get get to this guest because he tells me things I don't know. (laughs) John Spry, Professor of of Economics and Finance at uh, the University of St. Thomas. Um, and and uh, regular contributor to several shows in the area, uh, but I think are we your only uh, regular stop uh, in the terrestrial radio world? Right now, you are. Yes. All right. Well, good. good. I'm glad. Good morning. Glad to be with you. Good morning, and good to be with you as well. Well, I would imagine you're in pretty heavy demand with these tax bills running around uh give me a give me sort of the general we'll go dig into the details in a few moments but uh give me the in general okay is this it's not a hundred percent of a loaf but what percentage of the loaf would you assign to it um i would i would say on the business side it's more like maybe two-thirds of a loaf okay um on on the corporate side and on the individual side it's maybe more like 40 or 50 percent of a loaf. Um, a lot of the exciting things are on the corporate side and uh, the business tax code, and the individual tax code has good things, but um, it keeps like the biggest single tax uh, preference in the tax code, which is um, people like me who get their health insurance through work. Uh, don't ever have to pay taxes on that, whereas somebody else that's otherwise identical to me, but they have a job where they pay them more cash, and then they go out and they have to buy their own health insurance, they don't get that tax preference. And that's a huge amount of, of uh, money, and if they had gotten rid of it, which is something, for example, Senator McCain proposed as a presidential candidate, um, they would be able to have even larger individual rate cuts that's that's fascinating it's a that i have not heard anyone mention this of course i do remember senator mccain uh discussing this back in 2008 and i i think you and i agree on this that that would be a a tremendously good idea um um and you know politically you would you would get the the advantage of uh, being able to have the rates really cut and simplified um, because um, I think what people would really like to have is to be able to do their taxes on a postcard and have something simple. And especially the Senate plan, it's not going to fit on a postcard because it keeps some things on the individual side. 
Okay, so let's let's do this in let's do this in segments. Let's first do um, let's do the corporate side now. We'll we'll defer discussing the individual tax changes until after the first break. Uh, on the corporate side, both the House and Senate plans. Now we have the Senate plan this week. I talked about this last week, John, but obviously, uh, obviously the Senate plan came out uh, on I think on Tuesday or Wednesday. So we we've only been able to look at it for a couple of days. Uh, John Spry, what do you think? What do you think about this idea? Not just on corporations, but um, the differences in in sort of pass through income between the House and Senate plans. Um, the, the, the big thing to, to, to say, um, cause I, I'd prefer to, you have a problem with the pass through is once you, once you make the corporate rate lower than the individual rate, you might give people an incentive to, uh, treat themselves as if they're a C corporation like 3M, um, which isn't what you want people to do. Um, but they, they could, um, uh, I think in the house, they have better what they call anti-abuse provisions so that you can only um, ideally uh, deduct, um, take the business income at the lower rate. Um, and the Senate has weakened those anti-abuse provisions. And then you can get people trying to figure out how can I reclassify, for example, wage income as uh, LLC or uh, subchapter S income. And the whole idea right. of tax reform is to make it simple so people don't use real smart people like accountants um, who could be doing something better to um, re- uh, remove income from category to category. Right. So, so I, I think that's true, and it, it, that that's true. And you think the House plan currently has better better protections? to keep people from trying to fiddle that number between, uh, I mean, if you're in a, between uh, 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 hitting your, hitting your uh, W-2 versus hitting, hitting a a 1099 or something like that. Um, Yeah, uh, they have, they, they have uh, more, more anti-abuse rules for um, pass, pass through entities. Um, Both plans have something I think that's, good on the business side, which is there's a limit on the uh, deductibility of net interest expenses right. to 30% of earnings. And and this one sounds a little bit in the weeds to non-economists, but what you'd like to do is encourage firms to make uh, investments and to run their business based on what makes sense. But right now our tax code really punishes a firm that uh, raises all the, the money from uh, the shareholders, uh, like um, sweat equity, where you have like a very small business and the owners have put forward uh, all the capital for it without getting a loan from a bank. Whereas if you're, if you're a more established firm, you have a good line of credit, um, it really biases how you run your business towards using debt and uh, anybody that was around Minnesota when the state had to bail out Northwest Airlines mm-hmm. can see some of the problems with encouraging firms to load up on debt just for tax reasons. Um, that means they're more likely to fail and people are more likely to go through the potentially avoidable devastation of their firm going bankrupt 
being bailed out like Northwest Airlines. Right. So there, there's a something that that I don't think has been well discussed. I mean, I, I saw that very briefly in one, in one piece on a blog, but that's the only place I've seen that thirty percent limitation put in. Do you think? Do you think that survives the legislative process? Is that one going to? Is that one going to go through? And do you have any idea how much revenue that raises for the bill in order to meet meet the uh, uh, requirements for uh, fitting under the budget? Um, I believe it will stay in the bill if a bill passes. It will have that in, and it's for a simple reason. Um, both bills are trying to move towards something that maybe is one of the two best things in the whole bill. Like, you can think about the goodies of, like, these are where you make the tax code simpler, more competitive, lower rates, and then the pain is you got to pay for things. And the, the, right. two, the two big goodies to me um, in, in the bill are full expensing, which yes. means that when yes. you buy a piece of uh, equipment like a computer, um, that's you, you don't really have a profit. You just paid for the computer. But the tax code says you need to depreciate that computer as if it's the 1980s. And you can't actually say that um, you, uh, you paid for that computer. You can only get a little bit of the computer depreciated this year, a little bit more next year. And as a result, this creates the incentive uh, the, to not invest only because of tax reasons. And what workers would like to do is have higher wages from being more productive by having more equipment uh, to let them make uh, even more per hour. And so the expensing, which in different ways is in both the House and Senate tax plan, is a great idea. The problem is if you ever combine full expensing with unlimited deductibility of bond payments, you get negative tax rates on investments financed by bonds, and that sounds goofy, and that is going to mess up your revenue. So if you want full expensing, you have to limit interest deductibility. That's basically how I view it. Wow. Okay. So that that so we. I just want to tell listeners here on the King Banyan Show. You just got, you just got a lesson that that uh, I don't think you're going to hear in many other places. Uh, the fact that 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 combination would be bad. I I am very interested in that. I think full expensing is is fine. And John, in the in the few minutes we have before the first break, can you elaborate for a listener? Do you have a good way of teaching your students? about the value of adding capital to each worker that would come out of this bill? Um, yes. Um, I actually am teaching my students right now a little bit about the Chinese economy um, and uh, international finance. And in China, um, if you looked at a factory in the 1990s, you'd see a lot of people standing around, and you could see some of these textile mills. And you have, like, a lot of people doing fairly basic tasks, and they can't get paid that much because they're not adding that much value because they don't have a lot of capital. And now if you look at the textile industry in Southeast Asia, you're going to see highly automated machines, and this is one of the ways you look in the data. The Chinese manufacturing worker has really been seeing their wage rise, 
And a lot of that is they are getting new machinery in there. Another way to think about it is at your house. Um, We used to have a whole bunch of jobs cutting out ice and storing it all winter long so that people could have ice cubes in their restaurant or go, if they're really rich, underneath their house and get some ice from their underground cave. And with the capital of a refrigerator, you don't have to do that. So you have a more fulfilling, productive life. So having more capital is good. If you don't believe me, everybody is trying to get the Amazon headquarters. And the reason is, if you didn't have to give anything away to treat one company different than another company, having billions of dollars of capital spent in your community is almost immediately obvious that the people in that community are going to have some higher wage opportunities they didn't have without that capital. And finally, look at Ireland. Ireland is a place that now has many of the um, headquarters of multinational companies for their European subsidiary. And when uh, you look at Irish history, there's a lot of sadness, and the Irish had much lower living standards than the English. And today, the Irish actually have uh, an economy per person that's slightly larger than that in uh, the United Kingdom. And the main reason is you can see there's massive capital inflow into Ireland, and that might be tied into their policy of having a 12.5 corporate tax rate to outcompete their European friends. Great, Uh, great. That's a wonderful explanation. John Spry, um, chances that the corporate tax portion of this of this proposed bill uh, actually becomes law. I think it's about uh, about the same as the bill becoming law. A lot of people have it at fifty, sixty percent that they actually will be able uh, to to pass something. And and when you look at the bill in the House and the Senate, you can kind of see some of the politics. There are no. Republican senators in the majority from Minnesota or California or New York or Illinois or New Jersey. And so the state and local deduction is completely gone in the Senate plan. And the House plan keeps uh, 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 deductibility of property taxes up to 10000 a year. And that's because there are House members in the majority from high-tax states. So okay. if they can do the calculus to get things that get through the Senate, which is a fairly, fairly narrow margin, and get to through the House, where there's likely to be more opposition to getting rid of the tax preferences, um, then probably about 50-50 that the whole thing passes. And whether the final rate is 20% or 22%, I actually don't think is such a big deal. I think the bigger deal to check on is do they keep full do they keep full expensing and the second thing in the bill that I really like is do we move to a territorial uh, tax system like the rest of the world uses all right so let's hold worldwide let's hold that thought for a moment I actually I'm going to spill that into the next segment what's the difference between the territorial and the and worldwide you're right that that is a huge piece of this. Once again, 
very much underreported. We'll be back after this. We're visiting with John Spry from the University of St. Thomas uh, here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. back king banyan show business 1440 it's the hour of tax reform or just tax cuts but i think tax cuts are really important and we're visiting with professor john spry from the university of st thomas here on the king banyan show this morning john one of the points you made in the previous segment was about adding capital per worker and making them making them more uh productive it seems to me, I mean, it was a very good point that uh, uh, Richard Epstein, uh, the, the famed uh, law professor, um, put in a post at, uh, over at the Hoover Institution earlier this week. Um, it's very difficult to get wage earners more money when they don't pay any taxes anyway, right? So the best way to make them more productive is – best way to help them help their paychecks is to – make them more productive. And Kevin Hassett, at the chair of the Council of Economic Advisors, has been saying that the effect of giving this additional capital to these workers will make the average middle-class family that's currently making about $83,000 per year will increase their wages between four and $9,000. John, you read a lot of the literature on this, on, on this sort of thing. Do you think that Hassett is in the ballpark of right with a number between four and 9000 He's at sort of the, I think, high end. Um, We have to be honest and say we don't know for sure over the next few years how responsive uh, investment will be to these changes. Um, Professor Kent Smetters, who I respect, by the way, I went to Ohio State as an undergraduate with him, who's at Wharton, he he has been quoted as saying in his model it's only five hundred or fifteen hundred dollars more in wages per family, uh-huh. and the media has been having fun like the media usually does, saying "ha ha," that means the uh, uh, Trump White House uh, Kevin Haskett, his chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors, is too high because Trump went to Wharton. And Wharton's saying that the corporate tax changes are, are, are not as big. But either way you put it, 500 to $1,500, or like, let's say, the low end of Haskett's estimates, $4,000 a year, that's a lot of money. If you actually have serious policies that can do that, that's a massive improvement in people's standard of living because it's not a temporary thing. Right, you get that addition. That's the boost. Yeah, and so we. I I think need to be honest that 
we can't say how many hundreds or or maybe a few thousand dollars it would be. There is a range of estimates in the literature, but any way you look at it, I, I think most of the reputable economists would say that, especially if you did the full expensing correctly, and then the other thing I am excited about is if you change how we do our corporate taxes to a territorial system like our Canadian friends use instead of a worldwide system, uh, those two changes um, would be very good for workers in the U.S. Okay, so that, ta- that thank you. You're, you're helping me get to the second second question. Explain the difference between a worldwide tax and a territorial tax system. And, and and just mention to us whether or not there are other countries that have the worldwide system that the U.S. has. Okay. So uh, what we have as a worldwide system applies to both corporations like 3M and to individuals like, say, an American car driver like Mario Andretti. Um, and that is, as an American, no matter where in the world you earn your money – you owe American taxes. So 3M owes corporate income tax on their profits from uh, operating in the United States, but they also owe American corporate income tax on their sale of Post-it notes and their profits from selling into Canada or Sweden or Germany or the United Kingdom. And under our current system, you don't actually have to pay the American corporate income tax until you repatriate the money by legally moving it back to the U.S. And so um, uh, this has created a situation where an American firm that's competing against, say, a Canadian firm for business in Germany or business in in um, Sweden is at a disadvantage because the Canadian firm will only have to pay the Swedish corporate tax, not the Canadian corporate income tax. But the American firm will first pay the Swedish corporate income tax. And then since it's lower than the U.S. corporate income tax, whenever that money is moved back to the U.S., there's going to be a tax on the difference um, between the American and the court and the Swedish corporate tax, and that just sort of is uh, a nice way of like giving the world a, a competitive leg up on the U.S. Yeah, well, in the same true, not the, the idea of U.S. tax policy, right? And the same is true it, on the it, individual side. Uh, I I actually and, actually have had this experience because when I would work overseas back in the nineties and the early two thousands on projects, I would have to I would have to report. I would have to report the taxes foreign earned, but I would have to pay it, and I would have to indicate whether I had to pay foreign tax on any of it, which, which in most cases wasn't true because you know I'm working for a, I, I was a subcontractor on projects on behalf of the U.S. government, so the government always made sure U.S. government always made sure that you were not paying any taxes to uh, the other country, but the problem was that meant. You also had that meant you were paying the full tax to the United States. Now there was a, if I recall, John, back in the '90s, there was an exclusion of some of that income. You actually could, you actually could 
protect the first 70,000. So I actually ended up with with 70,000 tax free from either Ukraine or the United States. But um, that is, uh, I mean, it's a really nasty thing. uh, What happens to um, to uh, 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 the this income? So this is a really big deal, right? That uh, that that would uh, really change the incentives for companies to move overseas. Um, yes, and so if you go to Fridley, Minnesota, you can have a quick visit to Legal Ireland because the Metronic is now legally headquartered in Ireland, even though it looks like their building is still here in Fridley. And that was that was purely uh, a tax-driven uh, decision. Right. And um, so what's important, and I think that the House bill has a, a, a good job of doing this, once you do that, you then need to have all kinds of provisions that are fairly complex to prevent what they call base erosion, your tax base uh, being put in a different country for accounting purposes when you really earn the money in the U.S. And so um, it's a very good thing, in my opinion, that they're taking um, the, the, the possibility of the tax base being eroded seriously with uh, a number of things on the corporate side to try to limit that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and then of course the, the U.S. moves from 30, 35 to 20%, which I believe is even lower than like the French are phasing in uh, their corporate tax cut. And they're going down to 28%. So this has been happening everywhere in the world except the United States that governments have tended to close some loopholes or get rid of politically kind of favored exemptions and use consumption taxes in order to try to get their corporate tax rate down. And one of the ironies of the world is that the Irish, with their 12.5% tax rate, they get the same percentage of their economy and corporate tax revenue as we get with the 35% corporate tax rate. And Mm -hmm. it makes me think that the Irish are sort of running uh, a target uh, pricing scheme where they're going to have fairly low prices but do a lot of volume. And what we're doing is using the outdated Macy's department store pricing scheme where the prices are so high nobody wants to pay them but then if you can figure out the right combination of coupons and, and do the right things, um, well, you don't get much revenue, as you might expect, because of the really high rate. Right. And so that's just outdated, just like Macy's in downtown St. Paul or downtown Minneapolis is a fossil that's gone. Um, hopefully uh, our 80s-style corporate tax code will disappear, too. Great. Those well, are some John, things. Yeah, John, and and one last one last question on that before we take a break. Just really, just thirty seconds. There was talk about uh, a, a special tax rate for repatriated uh, capital that's uh, currently being held overseas to be brought back into the country. Um, what's the number? I've heard everything from five to fifteen. Um, what's the number for that? For that in the two bills. Um, the, the one I have that there's, there's been more details on, um, uh, things. The Senate uh, version is 10% for cash and cash equivalent things. 
and 5% for reinvested foreign earnings. Now, that's going to create an incentive for people to try to reclassify things out of cash, but um, that probably is one of the pieces that's going to be adjustable to get more revenue or or less revenue or to try to get the votes to pass. There are some things you can move around, um, and there are other things you can't. And what the rate is on team repatriation is one of those things I expect to be used to try to get the bill in the final form to pass. Right. Hey, John, uh, I I think I only asked for you for a half hour, but I can keep you longer. We've already got you to yes. 35 minutes. Beautiful. Stay yes. with me. I want to I want to talk about what happens on the individual side uh, where I think there is more more controversy uh, and maybe we have different thoughts about it. We'll be back after this. We're visiting with Professor John Spry from the University of St. Thomas talking about the House and Senate tax bills here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Welcome back, King Banyan Show Business 1440. John Spry uh, from the uh, from the University of St. Thomas, resident tax expert of the King Banyan Show. Uh, John, I think we've done enough on the corporate tax side, we, and we don't have a whole lot of time, so let's let's sort of briefly review the individual side. Um, the House the House bill has four brackets, and the and the uh, Senate bill has the has seven, like uh, current law does, although it reduces some of them. John, I think the biggest problem is I, I've heard uh, Representative Bra- Kevin Brady, the chair of Ways and Means. Uh, discuss some of these eliminations of like the uh, of the state and local or um, uh, the, or limiting property tax and says yes but we doubled the standard deduction or close to doubled the standard deduction um, how does that play out uh, as you think about about how how people are going to behave and and uh, what impact this is going to have on the size of the check they have to write to the government at the, at, in April Okay, so um, I think a lot of a lot of these changes don't go into effect until 2017, um, okay. which is almost done. So this April, your taxes might be the most confusing that they'll be for a long time if this passes. Uh, a lot of the changes start in tax year 2018, and what the House plan does that I think is exceedingly good on the individual side, but not necessarily politically popular, is they do go through and get rid of a lot of tax preferences. So the House plan gets rid of state and local uh, deductibility of uh, income and sales tax and limits the deductibility of property taxes. 
um, they they limit the uh, home mortgage deduction from uh, up to a million dollar house to half million, and they get rid of it for second homes like your Aspen Ski Chalet. Um, I think that's a good thing. I think uh, one of the really good things is there's all these different carve-outs and favoritism, and the house plan especially gets rid of a number of those. Um, And one that would affect me down the road is college professors um, often get free tuition for their kids. Yes. And the tax code says it's tax-free. Yes. Well, again, that isn't fair that somebody in any other industry has to get paid with money that's taxed and then use the after-tax dollars for the kid to go to college. Um, mm-hmm. So treating treating uh, me more equally with other people is fair, even if it raises my taxes. And so there's a lot of things like that, both um, the NFL, other sports leagues, and higher education right now can use municipal bonds for their sports stadiums or buildings, even though it's not part of state and local government. And that would be ended under the House plan. And so where you hear that there are different estimates that 10 or 30 percent of people would face higher taxes, it's people like me that have a really sweet tax carve-out of being able to have your kid go to college paid for by your employer. That's wage income, except for tax purposes, it's uh, uh, currently excluded from the tax code. Right. Um, I think also, John, I I think one of the things that that I I would hope we could all agree on is that getting rid of the alternative minimum tax is just one of those things you you say, oh, thank goodness. How much time do you think we spend or, or we pay accountants to uh, fill out the uh, fill out forms to determine whether or not um, we're we are subject to the AMT. That's a very specific question, and it's yeah. probably even worse than trying to calculate the AMT at the end of your uh, your taxes. And so, what's going what's going to happen is with the almost doubling of the standard deduction. I think these numbers are important. Um, it's $12,000 now for a single filer under the plan in the Senate. I, I think the House plan is about the same. 24000 for uh, joint filers like a married couple. Yeah. So that's, that's a big bump, and it's one of the reasons why some of the interest groups that don't have the best interests of the country at heart, but care about their own parochial interests, like the home builders, are opposed to this bill, even though it keeps the mortgage interest deduction for up to half-million-dollar homes, which still sounds like a lot of house. And it's because they're afraid that, again, the combined effect of the reform, having a larger standard deduction, will mean even people that would technically be eligible to use the mortgage interest deduction will stop doing it and go to the standard deduction because that has increased so much. And so I think, correct, the home builders and the the real estate lobbies uh, forecast that if this bill goes through, 
down the road, it will be easier to simplify the tax code even more because the percentage of people that ever use the mortgage interest deduction opposed to the standard deduction will be smaller. And a lot of the people that were on the ATM, uh, the the, the, uh, alternative minimum tax, uh, they're people that do lose the, the tax deductibility of state and local taxes. But implicitly, they were losing some of that with the very complicated alternative minimum tax. Right, right. Now, I, th- I, I think that the on balance, this goes in the right direction. I've heard, I've heard complaints from about from people about, oh my goodness, uh, the house is going to limit uh, charitable contribution deductibility. Uh, you know, we've we've heard the screams about uh, mortgage interest deduction uh, that the house bill takes it down to half a million from the current million. The Senate has kind of not gone in that direction as much. And I, I, and I think that's why they've got the, uh, why their their changes in the brackets look a little less attractive to me than the ones that are in the House bill. And why they've retained those seven is to pick off little bits of income. But they're actually picking it off from middle class folks. They're not actually, it's not actually helping in terms of, I think, uh, Reducing uh, the tax burden, I don't think it's actually uh, uh, pushing up the uh, tax the the uh, tax liabilities of uh, people in the top bracket. Yeah, and I have to say this: if you really want people in the tax bracket, top tax bracket, to pay more in taxes, don't pay attention just to what that rate is. Pay attention yeah. to the def- definition of the tax base. A sophisticated economist or accountant or tax lawyer will tell you when doing tax reform, the key thing to get right is the tax base. You get the tax base right, and you don't have all these little favoritisms for college professors, for example, or NFL owners. Then you can get the, the tax rates taken care of. And most of the things where they change the tax base they're going in the right direction. So I agree with so that, that. That's why That's why I say on the corporate side, it's like about two-thirds of, uh, yeah. uh, of, uh, of, of perfect, and on the individual side, it's more 50-50. But when you're comparing it to what we have now, what we have now is a giant mess. And what really bothers me, and, uh, and if you'll indulge me, this is my pet peeve, a lot of the reporting has been if two people do exactly the same thing um, under this tax code as they did last year, what will be their change in their tax liability? And they would say, oh, all the professors are going to get hit with a tax hike because now they won't get tax-free, uh, tax-exempt tuition for their kids. But the, the big thing to look at is we live in a world with pretty tremendous income mobility. People are moving. They literally move. They um, they move up and down in their amount of income. Their benefits change. Um, they People in today's economy, we switch jobs so much more than we used to. And so this idea that you can design a tax code for, oh, what is going to be the accounting change for the hypothetical, if nothing changes, world uh, that's not looking forward for the next, say, generation. 
and, and you have to think, well, what does this do to the taxes of a 15-year-old kid that's not in the labor market, who's coming into the labor market and will be living under this tax code um, until they're middle-aged? Right. That's how John, I want to think about the tax code is how can you make it fair for uh, somebody over the long run, not just a one-year change. Perfect. And that sounds like a good place for us to break. John, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. We'll let you go. Uh, we only got a few minutes left on the other side of this break, uh, and, and we need to take it down. So John Spry, Professor of Economics at the University of St. Thomas, thank you so much for being with us here today on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. We'll be right back. forget to go to spotify find the find the music for this show i haven't had a chance to praise it yet but it's it's awesome and my spotify app is ready to play just as soon as the show's over and i will get this i'll get that playlist out to you in just a moment again my thanks to john spry as well who um my fear is always He's throwing things so fast that you can't catch everything that he's saying. Well, guess what? You, if you want to come back and take more notes, uh, this show replays always on Sundays uh, between 9 and 11, and you can always pick it up then if you want to want to try to figure out the other things that he's talked about. I, I'm still of this opinion. Um, there's enough good things in this bill that it, that it needs to pass, but I even have a stronger opinion now, uh, and that that's this. The corporate, what happens on the corporate tax side, particularly with full expensing uh, and a limit on on um, interest deductibility, if you got those two, if you got those things, I probably would say, do whatever it takes on the individual income tax to get this thing passed. Um, don't raise people's rates. Okay, don't raise, you know, we you know, we don't need to you've got a million and a half of of room in your budget to do what needs to happen on the corporate side. We know that's where all the growth is. For the bottom half of the income distribution, changing the tax changing the tax rates in the individual tax aren't going to matter for beans because they're not paying individual income taxes anyway. Do what you need to do to be sure that you can get this done. Um, because the impact on the corporate side, and I understand, and John's absolutely right, we don't know for sure how much of the increase in income, higher wages from increased capital will happen. What we know is the theory is strong that that will happen. And so that's the part that we need to to pay attention to here and as we go forward. 
We'll talk more about this even next week. We'll be back with another live edition of the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, John, for your work down at the Mothership. We'll see you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.